This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce. Buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 137, episode 137 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I am part of the Big Night Media team with some fantastic podcasts like It's Always Something with JD, Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Drinks After Work, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, Burnt Toast. Let's be clear with Kayla. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. 30 Flirty and Surviving. Music You're Missing. And then Big Night Breaks. They just opened up the card vault. Go check that out down at Patriot Place. And then make sure you go get your banner banter podcast merchandise. Go to BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab. Click Banner Banter Podcast. Buy some merch. Support the brand. Thanks so much. How we doing? How's everyone? Like, how's everyone doing? I just got out of work, worked the uh, Snoop Dogg show. Nice to see Snoop Dogg in the venue. Rest in peace to his mother who died earlier uh, on Sunday. So I felt bad for him, but very nice of him to show up. I am exhausted. The last week of my life has been absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, but it was absolutely fantastic to be back at TD Garden. It was even better to see the Boston Celtics playing some basketball again that actually mattered. And you know what? Screw it. We're just going to start off with stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Alright folks, the very first stud and dud of the week of the 2021-2022 Boston Celtics season. The stud of the week, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm losing my mind, maybe the two weddings that I had last weekend and all the traveling that I did, I'm still not well in the dome piece, who knows, but the stud week one is number 12. (laughs) That's right. Grant Williams, number 12, is the stud of the week this week, and the dud is Jason Tatum. And I'm not lying to you. I'm not joking. Grant Williams, number 12, was one of the most, if not the best, Celtics player on the floor. Now, what about Jalen Brown? He did so good against the Knicks. Well, guess what? Jalen Brown was hurt. Jalen Brown is already hurt with a knee issue. Obviously, maybe he just needed some rest with COVID. He played unbelievable against the New York Knicks. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But Grant Williams, folks, he was better than Jason Tatum in the Knicks game. 
three of five from three, six of nine from the field, five boards, four assists. He made huge shot after huge shot after huge shot in the fourth quarter when it mattered in the New York Knicks game, which was what, last Wednesday? Sorry, I also just ate some food, and I feel like it's just not all the way down in my system. I've, I don't know if I'm going to choke again, but maybe I'll have some beautiful Ascentia water um, as I'm rethinking my thoughts about the fact that number 12 is the stud and dud of the week. Please hold. Yes, yeah, Grant Williams is going to be the stud. Number 12, I mean, like I said, 3 of 5 from 3. And he hit some big-time shots to help the Celtics get into overtime. Obviously, Marcus Smart hit that shot at the buzzer to actually put the game into overtime. But Grant Williams was huge. I understand in the Raptors game, Grant Williams was okay. He wasn't anything special. That's fair. He played 10 minutes, still scored 6 points. Um, And, you know, and it's not the end of the world. The game that Grant Williams had against the Raptors is one I'm expecting Grant Williams to be like all year. And then the Rockets game showed up. Now, someone has to step off the bench with no Jalen Brown because a little bit of a sore knee, which is fine. It's early in the season, just coming off of COVID. I know I just said that. Now I'm repeating myself. I'm a little loopy. But, you know, they're playing the Hornets tonight, if you're listening Monday, they played the Hornets last night, if you're listening on Tuesday, etc., etc. And then no Romeo Langford. No Romeo Langford. Three games in, and this kid's already hurt, which is a joke. So for everyone who's like, oh, Romeo Langford, he's improved so much, he's so good. You can't trust the kid. He's made out of glass. I think he I think this one was a calf tightness or hamstring. Something was tight in his leg. He didn't play. So you know what uh Grant Williams did, number twelve? Yeah, he scored 11 points in the first half, second-leading scorer for the team, and he hit three out of eight of the team's three-pointers in the first half. Overall in the game, he was the team's second-leading scorer with 18 points, tied with Dennis Schroeder. Very impressive from number 12, I'm not going to lie. I've said it from day one with Romeo Lankford. I want to be wrong about Romeo Lankford. I'm just very confident that I'm not going to be. I want to be wrong about number 12. I'm very confident that I won't be. But this past week, you have to be thrilled with the type of jump Grant Williams has made. No joke. His three-point shooting is very well. Remember when Grant Williams, his rookie season, he missed like the first 25 three-pointers that he took as as an NBA player? And now the kid can't miss. He's shooting better than Jason Tatum is from three. He's Shooting better than Marcus Smart from three, which I know isn't saying much. But you could argue that Grant Williams is probably the best three-point shooter on this Celtics team statistically so far this year. Doesn't that just make you want to throw up? I mean, it does to me, personally. But, like, here we are. What a time to be alive. Yeah, let's see. Highest three-point percentage shooting. Well, Josh Richardson is four for four, so congratulations to him. But Grant Williams, 66.7%. Jalen Brown, 38. Marcus Smart, 33. Jason Tatum, 21. Peyton Pritchard, 20. Dennis Schroeder, 16%. Are you kidding me? So Grant Williams is shooting 50 percentage points better from three-pointer than Dennis Schroeder. I understand Dennis Schroeder's not a great three-point shooter to begin with, but so far this year, the very first week of the season, I know he sucks. I will continue to call him number 12 unless I'm doing a stud or dud of the week segment and I have to kind of ramble and rant but number 12 Grant Williams I got to give credit where credit's due he's improved and he gets stud of the week the dud of the week Jason Tatum I don't care how good he looked in this Rockets game 
last night where they won, uh, what did they win, 107 and 97. He scored 30 points for the first time this season. Jason Tatum was awful against the Knicks. And let me tell you something right now. I know we all love Jason Tatum. I'd take a bullet for Jason Tatum. I want him to be with the Boston Celtics forever, so I don't want to bash him too bad. But the difference between great players and good players is what happened at the end of the first overtime of that Knicks game. And hear me out here. Who was the best player on the floor for the Boston Celtics? It was Jalen Brown, right? I mean, Jalen Brown broke a Boston Celtics record. Most points scored in an opening game of a season. Jalen Brown now owns that record. He had over 45 points, almost 50 points in this game. And Jason Tatum, who in this game, I believe shot 7 of 30, if I remember correctly, 7 of 30, decided, oh, there's 10 seconds left. I'm going to be the last one to take the shot. You know what Larry Bird would have done? You know what other great players would have done? They would have found the hottest guy on the floor. Not based off looks, literally the hottest shooter on the floor. And at the time, that was Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum decided to take the shot himself. Now, I'm sure him and Jalen talked about it afterwards because I believe Jalen was probably like, dude, what are you doing? But that's a big part of leadership and a big part of being a great player that Jason Tatum's just not at yet. Seriously, I know I talked in the preseason where Jason Tatum, uh, I believe, had a triple-double where he was getting other guys involved. That was a great moment. I understand it's MSG. I understand it's, you know, the mecca of basketball, whatever the hell they call it out there, even though the Knicks are now okay. I don't think they're good, but they're okay. I mean, they beat they beat the Celtics, so I really can't say much. But Jason Tatum's body language in the Raptors game, it was like he didn't want to be there. And he didn't care. And he was still bitching and moaning about foul calls. And he, and I'll be honest, he probably should have been benched after that technical foul call that he got in the second half. But Jason Tatum, I know he didn't have a great start to the season. And I just, he has to pick up his defensive intensity. Like, he can't just play iso ball and just waste all of his energy on the offensive end. And I don't think he will, but I don't know. Jason Tatum, I was not very happy with this week. I don't know how anyone can really be happy with him this week. Obviously, you know, he's he played okay overall against the Raptors. It's just his body language was just like, well, I don't want to be here. Same thing, 7 of 30. And I love people on Twitter where they're just like, oh, Jason Tatum's never going to shoot like that again. Don't worry about it, guys. Uh, uh, does anyone remember how he went like 1 of 18 in the bubble? Yeah, this this happens from Jason Tatum. And it is what it is. So your stud of the week, number 12, your dud of the week, Jason Tatum. Who would have thought? All right, let's recap the three games from this week. Just some quick notes that I noticed from each one. I know last season there were some really long podcasts, and a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if I can listen to a whole podcast for 50 minutes. So I'm trying to keep each podcast this year under 30 minutes, around 30 minutes, give or take. Hopefully you can enjoy it more that way. You'll listen the whole time, be more engaged, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the next game, one of the craziest opening games I've ever seen. Like, absolutely crazy. Double overtime loss. They lost the New York Knicks, 138 to 134. And, I mean... Thanks to them getting worse as the game goes on. I mean, the Celtics came out hot. Obviously, that was thanks to Jalen Brown. And then they scored less points than they did in the first quarter than they did the second. And then on to the third. And then they finally decided to care. It was the same recipe of disaster from last year. They get a lead. 
they go cold, they give up, they decide to play, they make it a basketball game, and they still lose the game. Now, no Al Horford in this game, wasn't completely over his COVID protocol stuff yet. And then Jalen Brown, like I mentioned, most points in a home opener by a member of the Boston Celtics. Pretty impressive. Like, seriously. And what did I say last week in episode 136? Jalen Brown will be the most important player for this Boston Celtics team. And this is a great first step. I'm not saying he's the best player on the team. All I'm saying is he's going to be the most important on how far this Boston Celtics team goes. I mean, the guy dropped 46 points, 57% from three, 53% from the field, nine rebounds, six assists, which means that's Jalen Brown dance party. And we all know that we love Jalen Brown dance parties, but it's too early in the season to get too excited. They're one and two. They have a losing record. I'm not going to be like the Red Sox and play Sweet Caroline when they're down 88 nothing in a baseball game. But anyways, yes, even though <clears throat> even though all the starters scored in double figures, you know, which is obviously nice to see and shows improvement because I feel like the starters last year couldn't do that. Rob Williams probably played one of his best games in a Celtics uniform. He was all over the place. I was really happy with Robert Williams' play, and he played 45 minutes, and he was able to play in the next game against the Raptors. I feel like that's good improvement for the Time Lord, improvement that we need to see, especially if he's going to be healthy. But I mean, for him to have 16 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, 3 assists, 5 blocks, and be a plus 11 in a 4-point double overtime game, that's a great job by the Time Lord, for sure. I absolutely love it, but like I just mentioned, a couple uh, minutes ago, they get so cold in the second and third quarter. You know, oh, I thought that was Brad Stevens' stagnant offense. What the heck? No, it's the players. I don't know what happens, but there was one point in the second quarter the Celtics missed ten shots in a row. The offensive looks weren't that great. the The team is obviously a little confused right now with the offense. They're not on the same page. We have to be patient, and I get that. But there are sometimes. In that Knicks game, and especially in the Raptors game, where these people looked more clueless than Alicia Silverstone, it was awful. They And it takes time. It's a brand new offensive system. Most of the guys on this team, like Jalen and Jason and Marcus and even Peyton Pritchard or number 12 or Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith are used to an offensive system right now. And then they're not used to playing with the Dennis Schroeders or the Josh Richardsons or the Juan Hernan Gomez, etc. Like those type of guys, they're, they're not used to playing with those guys yet. So it's, it, we're going to have to be patient. It's just very frustrating. The good part about the Knicks game before I move on to the Raptors game is the fact that Jason Tatum sucked and Al Horford didn't play, the Knicks needed double overtime to beat the Celtics team. I'll take that as a victory in some beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy way like it's a Kanye album. But let's talk about the Raptors game. couple things. Number one, how embarrassing. What an embarrassing loss. 115-83, home opener, Satch Standers, Leon Poe, Brian Scalabrini, Danny Ainge, Paul Pierce, all in the building. To get the crowd up, it's the Celtics' 75th anniversary as a basketball team because we all know the Boston Celtics are not a basketball team. They are a way of life. Thanks to Red Auerbach for that. But earlier in the day, I found out that I could have gotten courtside seats. Now, I've sat courtside before. It's pretty cool. Not going to lie. But I've never sat on the bench courtside. I was on the uh, the Raptors' side right next to the scorer's table, even made a TV. Shout out to my buddy Schmidt, who came with me. 
unbelievable experience. I have to thank my season ticket rep. He's the man I owe him forever. One of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my entire life. I'm pretty sure if the Celtics won that basketball game, I might have never gone back to TD Garden ever. Even though I work right next door, I would have never gone back because it was so cool to be down there. I got a picture with Paul Pierce and Jackie Mack. Oh, oh. If, if you miss any of it, go to Banner Banter Podcast on Instagram or uh, on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18, posted the picture of me, Jackie Mack, and Paul Pierce, two goats and one scrub. It was, it was absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. But the amount of turnovers that the Boston Celtics had in this basketball game was disgusting. Oh, my God. Absolutely gross. And it just shows that they're not on the same page yet. And I mean, I think they ended up with like, at one point I, I tweeted out during the game, like after a timeout, it was like the Celtics had 29 made field goals and 22 turnovers. That's embarrassing. That's a joke. But hey, that's what you get with a new team and a new coach. So that's why we all have to take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, great. But I'm still pissed. I really am. I and, and I told you last week in episode 136, and I think I even said on episode 134 or 135 after they played the Raptors in the preseason at TD Garden, they almost lost that game. The Raptors are going to be a sneaky good team this year. Now, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Absolutely not. But you cannot take them lightly. And I said it was going to be a trap game. And what do you know? At the end of this game, 115-83, they're now 0-2. Josh Richardson came off the bench, shot the ball very well, which is a good sign because the last couple of seasons he hasn't shot the ball that well. So that is a good sign if you ask me personally. It was frustrating. They got out-hustled. They got out-coached. They got out-played. All of it was terrible, and the fact that it happened opening night in front of a sold-out crowd with some Celtics legends there, absolutely unbelievable. And it also makes me think, why do the Celtics always suck when Paul Pierce is there? He Like, Paul Pierce's retirement game against the Cavs, the Cavs blew them out of the water. I don't know. I don't get it. They, they should be dying to play in front of one of the best Celtics players of all time. I don't get it. And speaking of something, I'm, uh, I'm not here to stir the pot. But I'll tell you this right now. I'm all for it. I thought the players were going to play harder for a former player coach versus uh, just, you know, a coach like Brad Stevens. I thought this team was going to play harder with Ime Odoka versus Brad Stevens. And what I've seen so far, uh, it doesn't matter. So maybe the blame can be put on the players. I know that's a hot take, and I know you're not supposed to blame the players because the players hear about it. They're going to get really upset and butthurt and all that stuff. But if you look at that Raptors game and tell me that that team would have showed up the same way with the Brad Stevens coach team, sure, we could have that conversation. Maybe they did. But if you get a new coach, that should be improved, or there should be some forms of improvement there, and there hasn't been. So maybe that's on the players. And then finally... Uh, tonight, last night, tomorrow, whenever the heck they just played the Houston Rockets down in Houston, first night of a back-to-back, they won 107-97, to no Jalen, no Romeo, like I mentioned earlier, Dennis Schroeder got the start, and he looked good, Tatum picked up the slack of scoring, he scored over 30 points, but Al Horford, he may not have shot the ball that well, but there are so many things he does right, like setting the right screens, making sure the scorers like Jason Tatum can get the ball, you know, he is also the guy that will set the screen to get the open pass for someone who's cutting through. And ugh, he he just does so many good things. And even number 12 mentioned after the game that he's been a great mentor towards him. So many people respect him in the locker room. And I know 
Al Horford, with the amount of money that he makes and the type of numbers that he puts up, really isn't deserving of that. But when you look at his leadership and all the little things that he does, if you're a basketball mind, you notice these things like the hockey assist, making that extra pass, setting the screen for the guy who's about to get the ball. Those type of things are so important. And if Al Horford can stay healthy this year, I'm telling you, the Celtics team can really be good. We just have to be patient. Like, they they didn't come out that great they kind of looked like the start of the raptors game but in the third quarter they came out which is usually a time where this team struggles player wise maybe not coach wise but they extended the lead double digits dennis schroeder starting to look more and more comfortable in this offense he looked explosive and you know what i know it's the houston rockets and shout out to jalen green jalen green is going to be a star in this league he is so freaking good it's absolutely ridiculous it was really cool watching him play some basketball tonight that kid is so goddamn good but anyways Dennis Schroeder is going to be, um, I'm telling you, he's going to be very, very important for this team. 5 of 16. Uh, no, he wasn't 5 of 16. When he, how did he play tonight? I think he scored 18 points, if I remember correctly. I just don't remember what his shooting was, but he was very good. And I'm glad he's on this basketball team right now, especially for how cheap he got him. So the upcoming week for the Boston Celtics, and we're, we're going right into it. They got a second night of a back-to-back tonight. If you're obviously listening on Monday, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you're listening on Apple, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Simplecast, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever the case may be. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, they have the Charlotte Hornets tonight in Charlotte at 7 p.m. The Hornets have beat the Pacers at home. They beat the Cavs on the road, and then they literally beat the Nets on Sunday afternoon on the road. They went to New York and beat them. Very impressive. LaMelo Ball. He's averaging 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, and 3 steals. Smart. Smart? What is that? Smart? Oh my god, Tim, go to bed. Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder, and Josh Richardson have to be all up on his grill. The second... I'm trying to say this the right way. The second PJ Washington or Cody Zeller or Gordon Hayward or whoever gets the rebound, they're looking for LaMelo Ball. So they got to be all over him after a missed shot because LaMelo Ball will get that ball and he likes to run. He likes to throw the uh, a pass down the court, like an extra outlet pass. He's going to find guys open. He can shoot the ball pretty well too. You got to be up in his grill. You got to play physical with him. You got to make him feel uncomfortable. Guess what? Gordon Hayward back healthy for the time being, I guess. I guess he's the veteran version of Romeo Lankford. Mile Bridges is playing well so far. And they also had a good offseason pickup in Kelly Oubre, who's very hot or cold. But when he's on, he's on. So it's a it's a good team, and this team loves to run. And the Celtics may not have the best transition defense in the world, but they're going to have to run. They're going to have to get their workout in for sure. So maybe it was a good thing that Jalen Brown didn't play against the Houston Rockets because Jalen Brown's going to be running a lot, and hopefully his knee's feeling okay. Uh, who else do they have? Oh, yeah, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, he's out with an ankle injury, so I don't know if he'll be playing or not, but this is not going to be an easy matchup. The Hornets are 3-0 and right now. I know it's very early in the year. The Nets are 1-2. The Celtics are 1-2. I think the Lakers are 0-3 or 1-2, so it's a it's an 82 game season for a reason so i'm not trying to freak out too much but the hornets are playing very impressive basketball and Lamelo has clearly gotten better and then they play um they play the washington wizards twice this week the first time wednesday night at home td garden let's cheer loudly for bradley beal because we all know that bradley beal even before all the bradley beal hype really got crazy that bradley beal is my favorite non-boston celtics 
basketball player. I love watching him play both ends of the floor. Good shooter, gets guys involved, plays defense. So Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. at TD Garden. That'll be fun to watch. And then on Saturday at 5.30 p.m. in Washington, D.C., a road game against the Wizards. So they play the Wizards two out of three times. They only play three times this week. Hornets, Wizards twice. Next week, they have a few more games, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But as of right now, the Wizards have not lost a game either. So they're playing undefeated teams this weekend, but they do play the Brooklyn Nets tonight in Brooklyn. So we'll see if the Wizards are still undefeated at the end of all that. But their big offseason pickup in uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's now healthy. He's their leading scorer. Yes, he's scoring more points per game than Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is obviously, like I said, absolutely great. One of the best players in the league. Kuzma seems to be fitting in very well. He's scoring the basketball. He's getting a lot of open looks, which is what he didn't get with the Lakers, which is why some people actually think it's probably better for him not to be in LA versus, uh, uh, being in, being in Washington. And then, uh, they also have, um, Montrez Harrell, obviously a workhorse, both ends of the floor. We'll see how physical Al Horford can be with him or how physical he's with Al Horford. Uh, maybe the time Lord guards him a little bit. So that, and then they also have Bertrands. The he's a really really good shooter. So the Wizards are a sneaky. I don't want to say they're a sneaky good team because I think the Raptors are a sneaky good team. But you just can't take the Wizards lightly. And obviously Tatum and Bradley Beal are going to have a great time going up against each other. Remember last year Bradley Beal roasted the Celtics multiple times. So I think this is definitely a good week for the Celtics. I think it's a, a if they can beat the Hornets, they get Tuesday off, fly back to the Garden. They can win Wednesday at home and then Thursday Friday off. And then they get Saturday against the Washington Wizards Sunday off. And then they're back at home at TD Garden. So it is definitely a possibility for a lot of those things for sure. But this week I feel like is very important because next week they have games against the Bulls who look really good. The Miami Heat who also look really good. They beat the living shit out of the Bucks last week. And then the Mavs too. They're going to have to go down to Dallas and play. Da- uh, yeah, they're going yeah. to. The Mavs are in Dallas. Oh, my God, Tim. Go to bed. Uh, The Dallas Mavericks, uh, obviously very good with Luka. And, yeah, it's in Dallas because March 13th is the Kevin Garnett retirement game, and they're playing the Mavericks. So, yeah, so a couple road games next week. I think they also play the Magic next week as well, but the Magic should be a win, keyword being should, because you never know with this basketball team. But it should be a good week for the Boston Celtics. I'm trying to think what else. What else do I have to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah, The NBA released their uh, top 75 players of all time, and there are a total of 20 Celtics players that made the team very impressive. And that also includes guys who've played with other teams before, you know, like Shaq and Ray Allen and Dominique Wilkins, but just want to say congratulations to Bill Russell, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, uh, Bill Sharman, Dave Cowens, John Havlicek, Bob Cousy, and Sam Jones, who I, I guess you can call are the original type of Celtics guys that made the team. But yeah, I think that's it for uh, episode 137 of the Banner Banter podcast. Just want to thank everyone who uh, took pictures and sent some funny things or posted some funny things about me sitting courtside the other night at the Celtics game. And again, big thanks to my season ticket reps. One of the coolest experiences in the world. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for episode 137. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.